just like that, we are back. So welcome everybody to a new episode of New Wakanda. Uh, this is Dead and Steve, joined by my co-host, Colin Kell. How are you doing today? Man, you almost ain't get my name. I heard that. No, I was I was saying like join with or as I was some point of that I was uh, trying to think of the right way to make sure I gave the right bona fides. So that's all. So how are you doing? I'm uh, yeah, pretty much. We can't, we can't even ask like no more, right? <laughs> right. It's like what timeline is this? You know, and I guess you know we we need to say that you know this is the stand up past curfew edition. Of, of New Wakanda here in Atlanta, Georgia, because, you know, we're under, that's right, we're under curfew. It's like you can't be outside without the tanks and National Guard and all this craziness. So, you know, welcome to, uh, yeah, the, the new, exactly, the, the, the new normal is, uh, <laughs> is a police, is a police state. So, yeah, but we. It's more of a, it's a police state for everybody, not just black people now. Right. Yeah, that's it. You know, but uh, yeah, everybody get a taste of this, of this new world order. Right. You know, and we we can get into that in a minute for sure. But yeah, we are trying to keep the video format up. One as a proof of life that we're both still here, still, uh, still in, in good existence. Uh, but likewise, the, the try to bring the uh, emotional side, I guess, to our podcast as far as, you know, how we're feeling, how things are going and yeah. And how better to kind of interact with, uh, with all the stuff we're trying to be a part of. So yeah, we, I think we better document these times as best as we can, because every time we do one of these things, it's like, it's a new impossible scenario becomes possible. Right. So, you know, we are, um, in the middle of, I don't, I don't know what this is. I mean, it's, it is martial law or police state for all, for sure. But you know, it's a uh, it's a protest, and I think you know, a revolution and a just a cry out to uh, to be heard, uh, obviously by black people, but I think just for America in general. I know, like, it, I don't think it's it's going back, but to so much of uh, the way it used to be. So, I mean, we can start off by obviously, you know, what happened. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll just turn it over to you, Tully, and at least just give it a preliminary expression, and then let's uh, let's get into you know why why people are getting uh, pepper sprayed and maced on a, a daily basis now. I mean, you keep saying that, like that wasn't already the reality. Now it's just more people out obviously having it happen because right. they are congregating for an explicit purpose and i know a lot of people are saying you know what's the purpose we aren't hearing what the purpose is and there's there's a reason for why there are groups of people who don't know what the purpose is the closer you are the people who are working on the ground the more information you have but if you are have no contact with anybody who's on the ground then you're so much removed from it and media is not covering it in a way where you're actually hearing the voices and hearing what what is being asked for um and social media you have to be plugged into certain networks to even see what that is and to know what the goals are. Um, and if you aren't actively tuning in and following it, you're not going to get it peripherally. Peripherally, all you're going to get is the disturbance, the the um, 
the knowledge that there are curfews and you know you'll hear about the disruptions and it, it and it might actually disrupt you directly possibly but you know these events are pretty localized even though they're happening all the way across the country um but yeah it's um it's 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 the protest i mean again it comes back to black lives matter it comes back to stop killing black people you know for being for existing stop using excessive force stop escalating situations stop treating us like just being here in our skin is a crime and needs to be not just monitored but manhandled and abused and victimized in every possible way um but you know the whole thing that people keep not acknowledging is that this is not new our treatment is not new america was built on this the entire point of capitalism is exploitation and oppression it can only exist with an underclass and underclass has been constructed to be people with brown skin and even and i say that right that's the visible underclass there's a lot of underclasses that exist in white supremacist patriarchal capitalism a lot and they go together in a lot of different ways and they are you know um oppressed in a lot of different ways but you know the one thing that we know that people gain power with first and foremost is whiteness and where and through anti-blackness <laughs> Which is why you'll have people who are black doing anti-black things because it gets them access to other things. And so it's it's a huge web. It's intentional. And we've always lived at this. We always have. There have been times where it didn't feel like it as much, but it's always been the backdrop of our lives and a lot of times, depending on how much you're interacting with white people, the forefront of it. And so watching it escalate as it's been escalating and i mean you can't all, all the time on social media you see people comparing what happens to white people who commit crimes versus black people who commit crimes and people want to say well black people commit more crimes and it's like no we don't commit more crimes we're watched more frequently we're watched more often we are actually a revenue generator for many cities <laughs> Mm. And so we are actually a force, a labor force for every government, literally. And I mean, during this pandemic, which we basically don't even talk about anymore because of all the shit that's going on with the protests, um, during the pandemic, New York State, Cuomo, Cuomo, yeah, Governor Cuomo, who everybody's like, yeah, he's so presidential, he had the prisoners in New York making hand sanitizer for them. They were using prison labor, and we know that prison mm -hmm. is the new slavery. And they're like, yeah, but they got paid. And I'm like, what did they get paid? Like a dollar an hour? Something outlandish that they can't, don't even actually get? Because what people don't understand is that while you are actually in prison, you actually rack up charges. Like, you rack up a bill, and when you leave prison, they actually bill you for that shit? Like... <laughs> mm. it's, it's totally designed to make sure that you are forced to be this labor, this um, virtually free labor 
for the state, for the federal government, for ultimately, again, we go back to white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. So we've never not lived under this. This has always been our norm. But what, because it's escalating the way that it is, now it's so much harder to ignore, which is fascinating to me because you would think it would have been hard to ignore when they were killing them little kids, you know, when, you know, a kid playing in the park got murdered for having a toy. Like you would think that would have done it, but they don't see us as kids when we're kids. We're still grown and dangerous and a threat, and that's a fucking lie too. We're actually just something that is exposable and expendable, and that can be discarded at will. And um, our existence is what defines their purpose and and the power for white people, mm-hmm. and they don't like acknowledging that either. And so, yeah, I got real strong feelings about it. No. I mean, and I think you mean, but you're right there with us. Uh, I think we all in the same kind of same space. And, you know, unless for some possible reason you have no no clue to what, what really kind of sparked this off, obviously it's the, uh, it was a murder of, of Michael Floyd, right? Yet another, uh, a victim of, of police brutality and yet another front row seat for, you know, the world to watch, you know, another black body lose its life. I don't and understand. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting away from the whole black body phrase now because I really hate that because I think it's dehumanizing. You see another black person being murdered. Well, I agreed. And, but to that point, uh, short answer is I agree. So to that point of another black person, uh, you know, basically just being put down as, you know, this is part of the course. This is what we do, right? So it was, it's just, not that it ever should stand or ever is right. I mean, there is, I mean, that's no delineation to that, but I think it's the reaction and the reality just seems to, it's, it's just a fire, right? Not, not in a fire just from the sense of protests and, and things like that. And obviously it's more peaceful protests and, and issues, you know, like I said, that's a, you know, that's, that's a dangerous game, you know, on both sides of, it's both sides. you know, I mean, the sides of who wants you to believe. I mean, we could say Republican, Democrat. You could say it is. I mean, it's the same. It's the same side. No, I mean, we are Republican and Democrat are on the same side. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, uh, to that point, I mean, as in, you know, which side are you on? Is it's a it's an illusion of choice or an illusion of that there is sides is what I'm is what okay. I'm getting to. Um, but what I'm trying to say is. You know, the ideal of, you know, people taking to the streets. And it's not that, you know, we, we haven't done this before or haven't seen this before. But I think being in the state of the pandemic, being in the state of this level of unemployment, being in this state of governance or lack thereof, you know, it's, it feels a lot more like the stuff we used to read about, right? It's like, it's not going away. It's not, well, you know, we'll, we'll be done with this and, and then we'll kind of sweep up and go home. More so I mean, have less to lose. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the tipping point. Right, it's the idea of you know there is no tomorrow for this. Is no, it I mean, is it's literally a numbers game. So, right, but I mean, it's it, from if what I'm saying, but from like a health standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a social standpoint, it is that we don't have anything else to lose. So now it's you know this is what this is this is our best option. And so you're seeing like a lot of 
I mean, you're seeing everything. I mean, I say that from like all angles. I mean, you're, you're seeing the best, but you're also seeing the worst. I mean, that's where, you know, we're seeing, again, well, I mean, it's just trying to figure out the right way to articulate it is, it's like all the cars are being put on the table. Like the things that we always talk about where the government would never, like the government does it on a daily basis now. Likewise, I think we don't have everything in, in just like a straight, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. I think we, and when I say we, um, I want to, I want to say I'm being specific to black people. Like I say we have, we have a momentum, but where is that going to and, and what we can do with it? And I mean, and to kind of bring that back to where our show is, is how can we be heard? <laughs> it's not just being heard, but, but being, uh, First off, acknowledged. I mean, I think the acknowledgments, we can, I want to talk about that separately, but I think that's happening. But at the same time, like not just being heard, but we have to be, um, we have to be whole, we have to be satisfied. And where does that go? Like you said, when you have nothing to lose. And my thing is like, how long can this level of, uh, of resistance keep up? So that's, that's kind of my open-ended question that I look at daily. Because I also look at what's the worst they can do to us. And it's like a new worst comes out every day, right? Um, at least to this connotation that we're speaking about in protests. I mean, there's obviously other things, but just to kind of keep it on the level of where we are as a, as a people, you know, trying to be heard. You know, and again, we always talk about here on this show, you know, how, how we're using our voice, our creativity, and our art to, to be heard. So, so I think it's, it's a lot of layers. I'm trying to peel it back, but again, I'm just trying to, at this point, kind of just get a glut of of ideas of the whole situation now. So first and foremost, to define, to really be clear about the situation, again, it's not that anything has changed. It's not that anything is different. It's that as far as the treatment goes. What we have in place now is an administration that doesn't give a fuck about the optics anymore. In the past, it's always been, we want to look like the good guys. We want to look like we're, you know, all of civil and we're talking, we want to be about equal rights and so forth and so on. That was always the, the illusion that they tried to put forward. We knew from the policies, we knew from all the activities, we knew from what was happening around us, that wasn't the case, but they were paying lip service to it and they do their little tributes or whatever and it would look like that's what they were going for. We now have an administration in place that doesn't give a fuck. They don't care. They are saying they are literally quoting white supremacists. They are white supremacists. They're pretty they don't say white supremacists specifically, but they use the symbolism. They quote the the prominent authors. They they push the rhetoric. And they intentionally exacerbate situations, you know, using social media or just the general media. And we watch them. We listen to them do it. So they don't care about the optics anymore. Right. We were always on this course at some point because the murders of black people on video or just where the circumstances are so outlandish. 
the internet made it harder for them to hide it what was happening there's too many cases that were coming up where somebody who was handcuffed in the back of a vehicle they would be like they committed suicide and they're like but they were handcuffed in the back of a cop car how did they kill themselves handcuffed in the back of a cop car but that's the story that they would put out and we hear we hear about that in atlanta pretty regularly um and it's not uncommon in the past i want to say few months there's been several women who have died in jail black women who've died in jail that you know there's no reason for it or if the reason is they weren't given their medication they were pregnant and they didn't get any medical aid all that kind of all this abuses and so people can keep tweeting about it they can keep sharing it they can keep telling the stories until people start listening and still it's feel funny to watch how people selectively turn and ignore certain stuff while they amplify others so the violence has been a constant and it has not i'm not even going to say it's increased it's it's always been there we have more evidence of it now we have more video evidence of it. We have more people taking their own videos of their, basically their murders and it being released. Um, and now you have a pandemic, a pandemic that has caused massive unemployment across the country. The thing about it, and you, if, you're, if you're on social media or even talking to your friends and family and so forth about what's happening, you're seeing different discussions going on. One of the discussions that you have is the people who are saying, don't riot, don't destroy, don't, don't, don't do the destruction, don't loot, that kind of thing, right? That's coming from people who are still comfortable with their situation. That's coming from people who right now are kind of like me. I'm still working every day and I'm in my house in the suburbs where I, there, I found out tonight that there were going to be protests like a mile and a half away from my house. But other than that, I haven't seen anything directly except for what I've sought out on social media and what I've sought out with the people who I know they're doing the on the ground work. Um, and the people who are in the situation like I am, where we're still able to kind of just go and live our lives and be like, oh, look, they're protesting over there. Um, a lot of them are saying, you guys need to just calm down and not destroy everything. And when you do that, you're, you're undermining the cause. But then you have another group of people, especially the younger people, and I, who, and I know this actually through cosplay because I interact with a lot of them, um, who are working two and three jobs living at home with their parents and just so that they can pay their student loans. And they can't get their own place. They can't afford their own place. They can't get their own car. They can't afford their own car. They're working two and three minimum wage jobs. And now with the pandemic, them jobs are gone. And the, what they have to lose has diminished. So they, it's becoming nothing. And then there are the people who are, they were already one paycheck away from eviction. They were one paycheck away from, you know, starvation. They were one paycheck away from just not being able to just basically keep going. The pandemic shut all of that shit down for a lot of them. So now, I mean, because they were talking about this in Texas, even though technically it's supposed to be illegal to evict people during this time, the people are evicting people during this time. 
So what happens when you're getting evicted from your home because you can't pay your rent because your job was closed because there's a global pandemic that none of the lo- none of the governments are supporting the the people who need help in the way that they should support them, you know, so that they can continue to function because what should have happened is, you know, mortgages should have been suspended, rent should have been suspended, all that shit should have stopped. There should have been stipends given out to the general public so that they can still get groceries or even possibly, I don't know, something set up with the markets where it would, food would be provided for people. They wouldn't have to worry about their water being turned off. They wouldn't have to worry about their electricity being turned off. Like these things should have been things that were taken care of if the government actually cared about its people. But it didn't. It said, oh, well, fuck it, work it out. And now they're literally twisting in the wind. Like, how am I supposed to work this out? I have no avenues to go. So the number of people who were still able to, you know, kind of make it, even though it was a constant struggle versus the ones who were drowning, those groups changed. And people went from, I'm barely able to make it to now I'm drowning. And as that population grows, and it continues to grow, you have that much more people interested in civil unrest. That's just logic. So, I mean, this was something that's been building. And I don't, I think that the having the pandemic pushed it in the critical load. And I'll be upfront, you know, even if I go down in it, even if I'm taken out by it, I want it to happen. I want it to happen. I want this shit to burn. I got shit to lose. That's fine. Take it. Do it. Well, there's a lot of that. Um, I want to go back to, so the take it from the top. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm a parent and I, I feel like if there's a way to out of all of this, that like there's a, a better, you know, not to use air quotes, it is a better tomorrow for, for us out of this. Then yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think it's like what happens, you know, we look at civil rights, we look at reconstruction, we look at Jim Crow, we look at any of these things that have been the the penalty for being black in this America's, right? It's never a sense of us quote us triumphing or getting through one of these systems to be put into another that you know the generation that overcame, you know, is able to the rest on their laurels and say, Okay, hey, we did it. Right. It's just like you go from one fight into another equally hard fight. Right. You go from. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just more it's just more ingrained or, uh, you know, it's just more ingrained in the in the daily norm. So uh, I say that that what we're all dealing with is, you know, I guess to say I feel like it's both. I feel like it's it's being heightened and it's also been there. Like, you know, obviously, like we said, we're talking about things like police brutality and 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 racial profiling. Like, yeah, that's absolutely always been there. But I think it's like you know, what we're seeing, like over the past 20 years of I mean, part of it, I feel like it's just culturally driven. I feel part of it's driven by social media. And I think part of it is driven by, you know, now it's kind of exacerbated by the pandemic where people feel are just seeing like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So I might as well do what I'm going to do. And to that point where it's, like I said, and there's always a camera around now. It used to be, like I said, 
maybe some of this stuff got documented every once in a while. But now because we are just, you know, we're all all looking, we're all being recorded, we're all being, you know, we're all part of this this process. Now, I mean, if you're on the internet, you're part of it. If you're out in public, you're part of it. So now, like when these things happen, it's it's not only set. I mean, it's it's almost theater. It's almost expected to happen now. And but again, we're not hurt for to look for these type of examples at all. Um, and because of that, um, like you're saying, like the pandemic in this part is just pushing it to a brink. It's it just has it us in a different timeline like where again there's no niceties from anybody like it's like the end of this year is almost like it's the end of the world and like every month that we think we've got something going on that might go one way you know we're 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 just the the heat is just on and i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna turn off because i mean we're in a political year i mean i think that that is that is actually the the spirit the spearhead of all this is because everybody's just looking at November. I want to say everybody. I think from a political standpoint, from an economic standpoint, because uh, I mean, same part. Like you know, we until I mean, we're we're looking at again, watch twenty some percent almost uh, job loss. You know, again, we're still in the pandemic. We still have all these things set. So why is the start market doing good? Because you know, we we're feeding right, you know, we're paint rolling the oppression on both sides either way. So it's it's an idea of because again, there is no side that's for us in any of that part, in any of that. If you're looking at it from a government or economic standpoint, we are. It's like we are just get. I don't know. We're not just say gassing up, but the way I feel about it is. You know, until, like you said, we, we want it to burn, but we want part of it to sustain. And whether or not that's the, you know, Eurocentric white normality, you know, kind of center uh, or default life that we have. I, I mean, I feel like no matter who you are, I mean, the closer you are to that, I think the more distance you are from whatever is about to change, the change that's about to happen, you know, how, how you're taking that in perception. Because if it all burns down, and yeah, I think it. I think we say burn down. I won't change. But again, if it all burns down, then you know what? Where, where's the food coming out of? Like I don't want scorched earth, but we do have to dismantle and destroy some chunk of this. See, and this is where this is where the, the, the and uh, all right, you've acknowledged it, but we're still not saying it. The reason why the earth has earth will be scorched is because whiteness will not let anything else thrive in its in alongside of it. Will not. Absolutely positively will not. And you see it. You see it every direction that you look in. You see white people willing to be like, listen, because they think they think somehow or other that they're special humans and that somehow or other they will always maintain survive or be better than but they're willing to risk their own demise as long as it will keep us under either in service or dead from refusing to serve 
And that is something that has to remain a part of the conversation because this is not an environment that we created. This is not an environment that we want. This is an environment that every single time we try to make any kind of steps to change it, they fucking burn it down. We've seen them, we know history. They have completely decimated black communities who sat back and said, you don't want us there? Cool. We're going to be over here doing our shit. And they were like, well, they over there doing, look at how good they doing. Well, let's, let's blow it up. Fuck it. Burn it down. We're going to run through there and murder everybody. Like, this isn't unheard of. This is actually the norm. <laughs> the back I mean, that's a, but that's now a, right, but that's a textbook play for them. I mean, well, that's a textbook play for, for white supremacy. Right. If you don't obey, if you don't comply, you die. That's it. So, even if we felt like we could avoid the scorched earth, there's too many white people with too much power who can say, fuck it, burn it all, and they're going to be on some island somewhere or some other country or somewhere removed from it while they had their foot soldiers out here wrecking as much shop as they possibly can. That's the other reality, the other part of this that we have to keep in mind. I mean, you're talking to somebody who grew up right there in Philadelphia where they dropped a bomb on a city block because they didn't like some people who were living there resisting. And all they were doing was being like, nah, we, we, we like to teach our kids and, you know, we take care of our own and we're an insular community in this block and know our neighbors don't like us because they we don't fit in with them. And the answer from the white police was to drop a bomb on them. Oh, of course. And then I'm recalling that and I'm just trying to think of uh, it's not push, but I'm just trying to think of the, the organ move. There you go. I knew it was something in that sense, right? It's move. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, but that's what we're saying is like every every piece of skullduggery or trick in the book, you know, is you is it's used it's used against us, right? Yeah. So As that part it's sophisticated that part sophisticated because they close the loopholes. We find the right. loopholes and they they close them and make it harder for us. That's why we jump through so many hoops to get the same shit that they got just cause because they right. find ways to make it that much harder for us but they want to maintain the illusion that no no we're we're good people we just want to make sure that your deficiencies the deficiencies that come from your brown skin aren't going to endanger what it is that we have created despite the fact that what they had created is literally from massive genocide, massive looting, massive destruction of entire peoples and land and resources for their own, for the, the gain of actually a small percentage of them. Everybody else who thinks that they're a part of it because they white, they don't realize that they working for the same masters and but they are under the illusion they not because we here. And they've been told that, you know, they can be our masters. People so I are think, not uh, trying to destroy the power. They're just trying to get their seat at the table. They're just trying to be part of the power. Fuck everybody else. Well, I I think really the the main part that that hurts all of this is a it's a general sense of apathy. It's not I don't think it's a point of everybody wants power. Uh, because again, to that point, it'd just be a race to the top. I think there's too much complacency or complicitness in the, well, I'm not that 
I'm not that way. I'm not that person. And then you go about your own business that lets a lot of this stuff go. No. Because, but no, let me finish. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I will say that if that was the case, it would just simply be a race war. But I don't think that it's a straight race war. I think that it's too many pe- too many people are willing to watch things go as long as things stay the same. You and I think that's all majority. About the punishment that happens when you step out of line. Because there's also a system of punishment that happens alongside of it. When you say things you're not supposed to, you are socially punished. When you do things you're not supposed to, you're legally punished. Like the laws that are in place are in place specifically to maintain that power and to make it easier for people to co-sign on those structures and punish the people who would try and change them. So, no, and this it's as simple as when you're a little kid and, you know, you you go you go and you talk to the white kid and the white kid wants to be your friend. And then they go home to their parents and the parents say, were well, you playing with their little black kid? And they beat their kid's ass for doing that and tell them they can't do that no more. And if they do, they're going to get in trouble. So that shit stops. Like, or on the other hand, you're sitting up there in the classroom and you say, hey, this person called me this name or they did this racist thing and instead of punishing the the person who did the racist thing they punish you for telling you learn through behavior that if you do things that are actually you know fighting white supremacy capitalism patriarchy that you will be punished for it i know of girls i I have a friend whose daughter was literally removed from a classroom because she had a male classmate that would harass her and touch her without her permission and when she told the teacher said it was the girl's fault and that she should have just been nicer to the boy and there you go she got punished for that she had to switch schools and then the mom was like, that's not even good enough because now all that does is leave a place for another girl to come in for him to harass. His behavior is never punished. It's never dealt with. Instead, you know, the people who fight back get punished and removed. This is a huge cultural thing. This is something that on a societal level we do all the time. It's, you know, their behaviors are punished socially and they're punished legally. They're punished through various institutions because all of them are designed to uphold the same ideology. And we don't acknowledge that part either. Like when I tell you it's layered, it, there's a lot of things that are working together to maintain this a ton. And, right. And that's, go ahead. I mean, and so as mm-hmm. much as we want to be able to pull out and say it's apathy, you can't say it's apathy because again, I, I, I say it's I've experienced it, and after right. all, you, they tell you this is the, the the things they always tell you: pick your battles. You can't always go to war for everything. You have to decide what's going to be worth it, and you have to understand that one of the very real probable consequences is that you will lose your job, or you will lose your position, or whatever it is that you were trying to get to while you were doing this activity is going to be taken away from you because you're fighting it. Well, no, well what I'm saying with apathy, I mean, what I, I'll say like this. The apathy applies more to white America than black America because uh, we look at it just from a, a numbers game or a numbers standpoint. 
and from what we understand is more white Americans or or yeah, it's just more white Americans than black Americans, right? You know, we're a minority in in a numerical sense, you know, as far as uh, how many of us are here in in this point. So I say this to say I think the best example of that would be if we look at the police force, right? You know, we're saying cops are bad or cop police brutality are bad and and things like that. So the apathy part comes into play if you know that there's 10 bad cops, right? They're just bad no matter what. It's obviously the 10 bad cops are a problem, but it's the fact that if you've got 100 cops that work with them that don't do anything, that know it and don't do anything about it, that's the larger problem. Because you could eventually get to those 10 bad cops some way, somehow, through either their bad behavior, hopefully laws changing, or somebody somewhere dealing with it, address those 10 cops. But how you address the 100 that just went to work and let it happen, knowing that that was their job to do something about it? That's the biggest issue that you got to fix. Nope. Because, it's no, I disagree. It's it, okay, but it's always going to be more than that. But I'm saying that's a bi- that's the big part you have to fix. It's not, if you say burn it down, it's going to no, those people still going to be here. No, because here's the thing that we also choose not to acknowledge a lot. It's not just apathy. It's also one they they will be punished for it. So that that's one. A lot of times they'll get they will be punished for it if they speak out against the force or their their bosses or their coworkers or whatever who are all on board with this plan but the biggest part about it is that they are jeopardizing their privilege they are actually they would have to actually give up something they would have to lose something and they are not going to give up their privilege why would they give up their power for us why would they do that if they don't do anything they get to keep doing what they're doing and just worry about, you know, the, the day-to-day stuff and being bored in their marriage or being bored at their job. But if they decide to stand up and do something, then all of that shit's at risk. Why would they put themselves at risk? Why would they risk losing anything from their position to their income to their 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 social network, you know, whatever for us? Why would they give that up? Because that's the price. That's not. That active. is the price. That's a that's an active decision to say I'm not willing to risk my situation for you. I don't know if it's it's an active gesture because that's the way society programs us in a lot of ways. So I don't know if I'd say that's just a. I call um, it you know what, I, gesture, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because mm-hmm. choosing not to critically analyze your decisions, your choices is an active thing we make it sound passive but no it's an it's an actual choice to look away it's a choice to say i'm not going to think about that it's a choice to say that's too that's too much i'm overwhelmed it is a choice and the, the overwhelm might be true the scary the fear might be true the worry might be true you might need to take breaks and so forth for your own sanity your own mental health and so forth but to, to do it you're making a choice when you do it and we keep acting like it's a passive choice when it's not. It's not. It's just easier to not deal with it if you say it's passive than it is to actually admit, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm really doing this. I'm doing this. It's the same thing with not making a choice is still making a choice. We try to make it seem like an innocent thing. It's not. You're making a choice. We're constantly making choices. We just don't interrogate them. That might be, but again, I mean, that's part of the social contract 
of dealing with all this and being part of all of this. I mean, and that's on a lot of sides. I mean, that's that's going to be white America, but we could say the same thing again if we peel the layers back in the black community. It's going to be the same thing. I don't want to give up this privilege. I don't want to give up this opportunity. I don't want to give up my power to help someone else. So I mean, I'm just saying like that is it's going that that's gestated in in every part of some type of social contract or social structure. I say that like for example. I mean, if we look at, you know, Black Lives Matter, if we have to go in and physically or physically, but directly say, okay, when we say Black Lives Matter, we're also talking about Black trans lives. We're all talking about Black women lives. And we also have to remind you that, you know, even in this, that there's other parts of that. And even through all this, you still see segmentation of even that simple fact, which, again, I think we all would agree shouldn't be, but it's there, too. But that's because it's in that same standpoint where a majority of people know what know what it is or know what they should do. But through and again, I say apathy, apathy has layers. It's not just the I don't want to deal with it and shrug of the shoulders, because, again, this is programming is a good chunk of it. It's not just what everybody is obviously independent thinking, but we're looking at something that's socially engineered to put you in that position. It's designed to be the lowest common denominator. It's designed to be the the low-hanging fruit. It's designed to be the easiest thing to do. And what it really is is that it's made white supremacist patriarchal capitalism the easiest choice. It's the easiest choice you could possibly make across the board. And there are people who make that choice, but they don't like to admit that they're making that choice. They don't want to admit that they're making that choice, so they rationalize that choice. They come up with reasons for that choice. They find ways to make them feel good about that choice. But they're making the choice. And we want to give ourselves passes. And don't get me wrong. I view different people differently depending on where they land in the social hierarchy. Um, That is a huge component of it. So somebody who is a black trans woman is going to get more leeway than somebody who is a black cis male and definitely more than a white cis heterosexual woman. Like it, it depends on what your intersections of identity are that are going to determine how much room I'm going to give you because to be honest with you the the lower you fall on the hierarchy the less good choices you got I mean for many of us we don't get good choices they're all shit choices and the question is who does it hurt the least how many people does it hurt the least and so we're going to make that choice as opposed to an actual good choice, because that's not even an option on the table. That's not something that we have available to us. So there's there are people, and that and that's that that comes back to the other thing. They 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 like the position that they have in the social hierarchy. They don't want to jeopardize that position. They don't want less because they know what happens when that position lowers. That shit gets worse. Their choices get worse. Um, The number of people who can actually abuse them and affect them in a negative way increases. Everything gets worse. So they want to maintain that level. And in order to maintain that level, you got to co-sign on some of the, the bullshit that is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. You have to do it. And they do it willingly. 
That's why at a, the uh, one of the the protests yesterday, I believe there was a black trans woman there who was protesting with all the black people around her and got attacked and beaten up viciously there because they were like, we don't want your kind here. We all black. But suddenly, all of a sudden, gender matters to you. Suddenly, all of a sudden, sexuality matters to you. And I even sure I don't know if they were gay or straight or pan or anything. I, I I know that they were trans. That's what I know. But that was enough for the crowd who's there to fight injustice to turn on her and attack her. But it goes to that go co-signing on white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. But they want to maintain their spot too. They're actually well, trying to move up the ladder. Well, I mean, that's what I'm, I guess, to say. I mean, we can say that it is, you know, it can say a singular structure, but I mean, that single structure has got a lot of a lot of bad rooms in it. And I mean, and that's the part what we're saying is all the rooms bad. We, what structure? What stru- wait? What structure? I mean, just the the whole social structure that we're that we are all under. I mean, whatever yeah, you want to call bad. it. It's all bad. Exactly. I was like, there's that's what I'm saying. There are no there are no good rooms in this. And what I'm saying is like, you know, even if we burn it all down, there all you know, what are we doing to make sure that we're not rebuilding the same bad the same bad house we all grew up in as children? Now that's the and that part. right. And that's what I'm saying is just burning it down won't be enough because we're only I'm not saying we're only, but for a majority of us, all we know how to build is that bad house. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and that's it. I mean, and at the end of the day, we're just going to build a, a prison that looks a little nicer, I, that I is mean, more effective for the next group of people that we choose to persecute. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't 100% think that's true. I don't even 70% think that's true. I think there are a lot of people who, who, again, this this comes from you have to be, you have to reflect you have to analyze, you have to learn, you have to make conscious decisions, you have to be fully aware of your motivations and have emotional intelligence and all of these things that will help you recognize all the, the, the toxic shit that has created, that is a part of our reality. But there are communities who actively reject that. They're small. We don't hear about them very much unless you're really plugged in on a a very, on a community level and you actually have a community and they, you see it happen in very small groups and they're trying to build something better. They're trying, but everything around them, every single thing around them is pushing them away from that. So I don't think that the vision doesn't exist. I think it's not supported. I think that it's treated like a weed in the garden and it gets choked out before it's able to ever really grow and fully develop. I know a lot of us lack the ability to see that because, I mean, I'll say I'm 45 years old. This is all I know and I know it's wrong and I've known it's wrong most of my life. I don't know how to fix it. I can only tell you that it's really fucking wrong. So. Yeah. And I mean, and, and to clarify, I think, a short answer is I think there's more good people than bad people in this. 
just in general because i mean it just is i think human nature in 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 its sense is more is more altruistic than than confrontational you, but i mean push, creating false dichotomies when you say that. no no i say that to say that you know we are inherently good creatures you, i think that's that's not that's not a dichotomy against you know what we are capable of which can be the you know obviously the engines of our own destruction i think that's that's the same difference but that's that's the if it is a dichotomy that's a dichotomy of humanity you know is we're the upright animals that can can self-kill you know that's I mean, but I I'm just saying. What trying to say, I do get it, right? Because I okay, honestly, like. I mean, I guess I would just rephrase it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take everything you said and just not say it like that. It's okay. <laughs> so I'll say at least on, on that page that this is not a. There's good people on both sides. It's absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as a humanity or as you know as us looking at ourselves as humans we are fully capable of doing the right thing and getting through all this and not being in this position again that's what i'm trying to say we can do that we can do it where it's really hard it's really really hard because That's it. I mean, no, just let, let's just give ourselves the the hope that if I find if we really, get through this, it's challenging because we have seen, and, and this is what makes it really hard. And I, and I, I but I I look at the history of white people, right, and it is so filled with overwhelming violence that is shared intergenerationally it is shared among friends neighbors their children's whole communities violence against black people horrific violence against black people and that's a really hard thing for me to reconcile with the idea of there's a lot more good people than bad people when you're like, nah, they had literal public lynchings and burnings that they treated like it was a carnival or, or you know, a lovely day at the park with a, a, a corpse hanging in it that they watched get killed as a family. As multiple right. parts. Yeah, and made both cards, right? They kept yeah. body parts as souvenirs. And that's what we're saying is So when I when I hear that, like when mm. I think about how how can we look at that and say, there's more good people than bad people. Like <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the idea of people that you know that that's like, no excuse really for it. But I mean, but you have to. Yeah, I mean, but that's the whole thing where a majority of America's based on slavery, or like you can look for the same way. Like that, this is not the. I mean, this is it's history. It's human history. Right. That's put like the work. That's what I was gonna say. That's not. That's not just. I hate to say it, but white people and just white culture. You know, Eurocentric whites don't have the uh, monopoly on that type of degradation to another human. Right, that exists in every part of everywhere. Of history. Every, every, before they got there, you know, I'm just saying, like every every person has done that to some other person, 
in some point in time. I can't say that. And this is and this is what also makes it hard is that I'm not as well versed in global history, pre-colonial global history. Right. Cause I that that's where it gets really interesting. What and part of it is that, you know, some of that stuff is been purged. Some of it is it's just not accessible. It's but there's some that is, and we're interpreting it and hoping that we're understanding it. Um, right. And so it it makes it pretty challenging. Yeah, well, well I guess the precursor to say is there's a, pretty much every continent has its level of atrocity, right? It has had some point or some time where that type of yeah, of, of yeah, of that type of horrible situation. I mean, genocide, if we say that, or just the circumstance we're talking about here of just like a normalization of a butchery on a daily basis, like has existed. And I say that, that, that obviously that's not defending it. And but what I'm saying is... Even the whole defending it is also the fact that not only did it happen here, but those people were actually reframed to be heroic. They were reframed to be, you know, people to be admired. That shit was actually coded in such a way to actually be an admirable quality. And the 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 true brutality of it was toned down or pushed aside or hidden. It was it was backroom talk. It was a family secret of so maybe even membership to some club. Who the hell knows? Right. But and, <laughs> In a lot of ways, it was made acceptable that I don't know if that's true in other cultures, that they had their butchers and said, yeah, that, that person's a fucking hero. They're great. Well, I mean, again, only only knowing I definitely don't have the, the full context of that, like you said, for the, the history of the world, but I think it, I mean, just history looks like that, right? It's just it's just a frame in time of, of circumstances that you know, with twenty twenty vision in the future, like it's it's all going to look barbaric, you know, it's all going to look like how could they have possibly? But I think you know, couldn't somebody look? But I'm saying somebody could look right now to twenty twenty and think the same thing about where we are right now, I mean, right? Barbaric. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like we, you know, bad. The bad times like that is context but for we sure. We hear about cultures that didn't operate like this. We hear about right. cultures. I, so it's it's weird. Like it's it's very interesting to me. Um, like I'm not in interested in trying to. Again, this is a, it's it's creating another false dichotomy. We're not. I'm not trying to make it like everything was the same. Everybody was guilty of blah, blah, blah. I'm saying that this shit is fucking horrible. We know it's horrible. We have it documented. We we actually have people who've lived in it still alive, still able to talk about it. This shit is 100% God fucking awful and terrible and horrible and horrific on such a massive scale and that there is a millions of people who have been socially conditioned to think well this is right this is actually how it's supposed to be and we are trying to survive them because they yeah, don't I have mean, a problem with it they don't have a problem with it until somebody confronts them and says hey this is wrong and you shouldn't do it and even then you're not sure if they actually have a problem with it or they just have a problem with you telling them 
that they, there should be a problem with it. Right. I mean, and we saw that with like the like we talk about like the weaponization of nine one one. Like we tell you to put your dog on a leash. You know, you might call the police to come kill me because I told you to obey obey the law. So I'm saying, right? Like, this is so it's hard. But that's what I say is I don't. There's a right, lot more good than like it. it you know right, I mean? but that's what I'm saying is, I mean that is part of it. And but I think like what we're talking about is like that's that's a social that's a social conditioning. That's not an excuse. But that that I don't think that person thought. You know what? I'm I'm going to get. I don't, I don't even want to do that. I want to play that game. Say, it was know, wrong. They, they, I, they didn't give They know what they're doing. They know what they were doing. But mm-hmm. again, it's been set up to a point of that's what you're supposed to do, right? Let's call 911 over here and get and get to the bottom of this. Meaning it's code for I'm going to threaten your life, mm-hmm. right? I don't they, have to pull out a gun. Right, that's what I'm getting to. It's like when they when you pick up nine one one, that's that's a gun they that white it. people can carry. Yeah, right. It's just like I'm I'm not armed, but I'm armed. Yeah, right. If I pick up this phone and 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 throw down the patented white woman tears, is they're gonna come over here and shoot you first yep. and figure it out after the fact. That's what I'm getting to. But I'm saying like that's that's a societal norm that it, is it shouldn't be. I mean, right? And, and we mean, all know it, and, and they know it. We know brutal. it. Everybody knows it. But and, and I'm saying that is brutal. I'm saying right. That is and I'm brutal. saying that's a that's a monster. Right. That's what I'm right. saying. I'm saying we have a lot of those monsters walking around. There's right. Lot. And that's what I'm saying is it's the people like that that's the problem. Like I don't think that a lot of people like that they don't admit to it. They won't own it. But when the moment comes, and they have, they can make that choice. They make that choice. Right. And that's why I think when I say apathy, I mean, it's the I'm not actively going out to be racist. Right. I don't I don't want to be. I'm not that I'm not that person. You know, I have black friends. That's it's these lying. are the people that's that's not but, apathy. Um, they lying. If they, they lying to themselves or they well, are supposed to say. They right. But um, when they get around people who aren't judging them on that, they don't say that shit. They say something different. They say something completely okay. different. We don't hear those conversations because they know they can't say it in front of us. Well, I guess to say to generalize, to say like that woman wasn't walking through Central Park in a clan hood is what I'm saying. Like she wasn't absolutely the enemy that you would know I'm absolutely going to go away from. That's what I'm trying to get to. See, this is the problem I have just in general. We as black people always giving them a benefit of the doubt. No, not a benefit of the doubt. No, that's me me saying I walk past you. They're all minefields. They're all minefields. They all have that potential to just blow up. You don't know what's going what they're gonna pull their pen, what their detonation point is. But there's gonna come a point where something you do is gonna set them off. And they test you. And I say this as somebody who in my workplace, I'm constantly working with white women and they constantly say shit out the side of their neck and wait to see how I'm gonna respond to it. And however I respond to it is gonna get me written up or some shit. If I turn away, I get I have to have a meeting. If I say, No, we're not doing that instead of boundary, I have to have a meeting. If I tell them, yeah, what was that? And I confront them about it. I have to have a meeting. They know what they're doing. I don't know. I mean, it's, I get, look, I know what you're saying about your particular thing. All they I'm saying know is what they're doing. 
They know. Okay. She might not have said, I'm going to go and find a black man to call the cops on today, but she was out in that park and she knew in her head that if somebody bothered her, that she had a plan. She, could, oh, yeah. she, she knew, knew what she could she, do. It, it, and yeah, that it, it, was going to be, I'm going to call mm. the cops and potentially right. get this person killed. Right. So, and, but that's what I'm saying. That is her cell phone. But I'm saying is like that. Those those are the people that once you burn this all down, are still gonna be walking through Central Park. Like you said, this, the minefields are still going to be there. If we say, okay, we're gonna take this thing down. See, you, you, I, there are things I cannot say. There are things that I cannot say. <laughs> all right, well, let, let's let's do it but, this way because I, I think we're in this. Go ahead. I'll let you finish, uh, and, yeah. we'll, but, and then we'll parlay. There are things I cannot say, but there is an aspect of that that has to happen so that 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 they're not walking around through Central Park when it's burnt down. That's it. That's how that's how I'm gonna phrase it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> yeah, I think I, uh, but I'll say this and let, let's get a platform so we can 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 use the last segment at least on how we're going to uh creatively how this affects us creatively. Is I mean all this is the system's wrong and the system is treating us wrong. And it's been like this the whole time. Does that sound like a good start? Does that sound? The system is abusive, violent, and murderous. Right. And it has been the entire time. Let's call it what it is. It is. Yeah. And yes, that is true. Because I want to talk to this part of the solidarity of... I guess of common sense, right? Common sense should tell you not judge people by you know by the color of their skin. You know that black people are people. You know we sh- black lives matter. That all this stuff that is happening to us should be happening to us. So now, of course, we have See, you know, a lot of because I'm gonna judge people by the color of their skin. Well, I'm gonna look at that, them and be that, like, oh, you ain't got enough melanin to be nonviolent. I can tell. Well, I'm I'm going to allow you that opportunity as, as you can. I myself not going to go that route in some, but at the same point, um, well, I was going to say, because <laughs> now you just got me thinking about this paper bag test for people like of of uh of further oppression. Like where where does that? I don't want to go down that route. Never mind. It's uh, a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. They were always just like, I don't think that's going to work for you. Like you think, oh, like no, it works uh, for me. How I it, it it keeps my guard up. I already know. It keeps see, my guard uh, way up. To that point, if if you want to be guarded, then yeah. Uh, oh, I almost called your name. Yes, you need to be guarded. What? What? I, what I mean, what, what makes you think I'm not? What, what, what reality? You think I'm not guarded in that I'm somehow immune to this? Why <laughs> are you acting like I be saying I'm be guarded about everybody? Like that's some old. But I'm like, okay, that's that, a whole other connotation of guarded. That is right. the norm. I mean, that is a lie, but that is the norm for this. <laughs> I'm a judge. That, that that is a normal right now for sure, but I'm hoping that's not a normal for the rest of our lives, All right? So you you just want to burn it down, I know. Just burn and 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 sort and I don't want to. I recognize that that's it's going to be horrible, but I don't I don't see an alternative. So there you go. 
it might and to that point you know we're uh we're going to figure it out. We're about to find out one way or the other. Um, but where I was trying to get to it is, you know, in some of like seeing solidarity amongst not just black people, but I think of, of all, all people in some way, shape or form have shown us like, this is even though this obviously happened in America and you're seeing like these protests and not just the police brutality, but you know, you just seeing outright stage setting for, you know, again, we're, we're seeing it on camera live, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you, you see the police hugging and, and being nice to people. And then 10 minutes later, here comes the tear gas. Mm-hmm. Or the police is like, we're going to damage our own car mm-hmm. <laughs> and push it in the middle of the street. Right. We're, we're seeing like, that's I what, and I've got to make people. I saw right. two cars drive directly into crowds of people. Like right. They were next to each other and they did not stop. They just drove into right. them. Right, but we're seeing like the police break windows themselves, yes, and they're what I'm saying, like damage, it. like they're they're yep. staging. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying earlier. Like it's like theaters, like they're staging a certain narrative. Well, yeah. to be there, There's right? Always, um, the white supremacist narrative is always going to be the dominant narrative as long as I mean that's that's always the goal. We carry on. Yeah. So, um, so looking at that, you know. I'm saying like there's a solidarity of that message of Black Lives Matter. Like, I, unlike what we've seen a lot, right? You know, it's a whole Black Square things of, you know, we want to support Black people, we want to support Black artists, we want to support we, we want to, we, basically we don't want to be seen as racist. So we again, the non-Black people are are coming out to say we want to support you. Now, as an artist, one, do you think that support is there in a sense to where it's obtainable to you? And do you think, you know, this is is something sustainable for the black voice in a creative sense? You know, obviously, you know, art is rebellion. Art is part of this process. You know, when you're seeing people make murals, you know, being able to capture the the moments of, of triumph and despair through all this stuff. And, you know, at the same time, we are still creatives. We're still making stuff, right? So how does this, from a creative sense, impact, affect, uh, or, or adjust how, how you proceed? Because at least the, the, the prime or precursor of this, I mean, I've seen, obviously, you've picked up a few more cosplay things. Right, and this is like, oh, this is your call. Is this your closet cosplay that you're currently working on? You know, obviously, you do your gaming, you do all these other things. Like, how the idea of we want to support black creatives or we want to support black people, do you see it? One, and then I guess let me let you just talk from there. So, this has been going on for the past few years. Like, this has been something that I've seen for the past few years, Uh, especially in predominantly white liberal communities then there's been a lot of a lot more outpouring and you know the thing i've learned is that uh white people like to you know pay their guilt away so they they will if you market it right if you position it right they'll just give you money and call themselves supporting black people because it helps alleviate their white guilt that i don't see that one changing 
Um, does it affect me? I mean, yes, there, it does affect me. I've been invited into several, you know, white reformative groups, anti-racist spaces and so forth for people to talk to me and they want to know, you know, they want me to, to basically monitor their behavior and give them advice and help them start navigating their anti-blackness and, you know, pay me for it or invite me to have opportunities. I and mean, that's why I was at Geek Girl Con because Geek Girl Con, this was two years ago, in 2017, they invited uh, two activists to come in and do a workshop on anti-racism, and half the board got angry because the anti-racists, they were two black women, and they made no bones about the fact that they were like, all white people are racist, and the board was all white, and they lost their shit, and they quit publicly and sent an email to everybody who contributed to it, everybody they worked with, all their po partners, all their sponsors, and everything saying that they were leaving the con because the they were bringing racists in to to um, have a workshop and so to save face they invited you know me and one of the original ones back the next year to hold that workshop and like you see it like you see the amends trying to be made in certain ways but you also see the backlash that happens simultaneously so it's like you can exploit it if that's your interest um you can figure out how to navigate it it's going to put you in a lot of very hostile situations it's going to put you in places where people are i mean real talk i've been talking about this shit for what five years now publicly four years i want to say four and a half years publicly and the first two years i i was very very extremely angry the angrier and my essays were and the more angry they were directed at white people the more popular they were and then people would email me all the time asking for forgiveness and shit like and trying to be my friend so that i could be their token look i'm trying to be different because for them it's really about how it looks more than what they do i've also heard them explicitly say how can I help you without compromising or jeopardizing my privilege? And that's a very mm. common thing I have heard. And so, the so I mean, what it really boils down to is, for the most part, it's all for show. It's all for show. There's going to be some very rare exceptions, but it's for show. And for me to keep doing what I'm doing in any way, at all, I had to sit back and say, I, I'm, I'm not doing it for you. And I don't care. I, I don't write as much about racism and white people, and I don't rant on them and yell and stuff in my essays anymore because that shit wasn't serving me. I mean, it would have got me paid more often, mm -hmm. but it wasn't helping me. It was actually doing damage to me. And so I stopped doing it. And I watch how my essays are received by people and what gets shared and what doesn't. And the way it really works is as long as I am focused on white people, they don't care if it's good or bad or whatever. As long as I'm talking about them, they happy. They mm -hmm. love the attention. If I don't, when I start talking about black people shit, they don't give a fuck. So that's how I see creatively that works. And that's why I just do what I want. Because 
not one, it's not my main source of income. I would love for it to be a greater source of my income, but it's not. And I'm not willing to do the acrobatics to, you know, appease certain audiences so that it could be that way. Because this is where it comes right back to the, how do you find success in white supremacist patriarchal capitalism? By fucking pandering to it. And a lot of times being explicitly anti-black. That's how. And I'm not willing to do that shit. So there you go. Yeah, well, trying to think for mine, you know, I, I think I've been up and down as far as I think just all of this is just being exhausting. Like yeah. this is just a level of tired. I don't, I can honestly, I don't think I've ever been this tired in my life. Just Tired in some, like tired of the days rolling by, tired of not feeling like I'm doing enough in those days, tired of the news that I read in those days, and tired of of carrying this weight. Uh, again, it's 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 like being in a, a fight you didn't you didn't start, but you got to fight for your life. Yep. And that's just and you know it's always been like that. I, I don't think you know as a black person in America or probably any point that you haven't felt you know, some varying degree of that, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a weight. It's not necessarily a mask, but it is definitely a, an aura that you, that precedes you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's, and it just, it's just tiring. Now, the only word I can keep using over and over is tiring. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't, you can't get over it. And I think because as a creative and right now, yeah, this is how, you know, I keep this one little light on. It's probably why my light is not so good on this. I'm, you know, paying well, this with my creative output. So, you know, like for me, the past, uh, you know, past year outside of a consulting job, you know, like I had a whole year that, you know, I was going to live on my own as a creative. And and though I did it, and I mean, and I'm thankful for it, uh, you know, I don't feel like, I don't feel like making anything right now. I'm like, it's all I can do to just try to keep, keep my sanity, um, you know, to keep, you know, I worry about my family too much. You know, I've, I've already lost family. I already lost family to COVID. You know, so my thing is I'm more concerned about going outside today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if I do go outside, then it's like, well, you know, we had we had protests right at the street from us here. Likewise, it's like it doesn't take anything, especially right now, for, for to be the wrong person <laughs> with the wrong skin color in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. So, I mean, and it's just, it's just exponentially so now. Yes. And, and it's just, is some days it's just too much. It's just like, all I can do is just go through a normal day at home with no job. And, and uh, I just made it in just here before the show is how you just tired with no job. Like, it's like, you, if I feel like I do so much in a day and I look around and I'm like, I'm really I'm really just staring out the window like, when is this going to end? Or why should I be doing more? Now, I say that, you know, to say that, you know, I've definitely tried to value and foster relationships that I, you know, obviously have here. And and in in a sense of uh, of being able to kind of grow in in the communities that I want to be in. I mean, I think there is support. Uh, I do... I am. I can be thankful to say that I do have white allies. I do have people, you know, from different backgrounds and, and different intersects that have been very have been forthright in uh, in at least just just checking on me and uh, and 
and in, in trying to uh, uplift the circumstance or at least acknowledge you know, where they are in this uh, in this whole web in, in a sense. Um, but creatively, no, I haven't, I haven't seen like a, a quote, you know, the, the boost in sales, if that's what anybody listening is waiting for. No, there was no boost in sales. There is no, um, there, there is no rush to, you know, I need to capture this moment. If anything, I'm about dark on social these days. I try to go in and just wish people happy birthday. So if I do that for the day, I've done, I've done my part. I try not to miss your birthday because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if we got any more coming around after after this. Um, yeah, that's it. Like I, I don't post on Sorghum. I got a, I got a whole blog and thing that I set up with Subsume to talk about this kind of thing. But I don't want to write about uh, black people hurting. I, and it's not. I, I just, I know that's what I, sh- I should do. That's what I want to do. But I just can't. I can't crack my fingers to write another op-ed piece about how black people feel right now. I'm like, if you don't get it by now, my my little my little blog, my comic book, not going be the epiphany in your life to figure that out. And so my thing is like, I just want to survive at this point. I want to see the end. I want to see the end through this. So that's where I've been, and I'm just trying to honor the folks that invested in my book to make sure that they get their book before the end of the world. That's all, and and it takes weeks to do what used to take me hours. The way, and mind you, I actually literally just did a post about this yesterday mm. because it's it's a challenge to figure out my space, what I need, what I want, how I feel, um, it, and it's overwhelming. Like you said, stuff is changing so fast so hard and so fast and not in the fun way that I just (laughs) I don't know how to manage it. I just don't know how to manage it. Like I wrote a whole essay about um, Avalon when Georgia opened back up and there's a shopping center up in Alpharetta Avalon and how people were out there hanging out and listening to music and shopping and stuff and I had honestly like, like my heart broke. Like when I read that article I stopped everything I was doing. I had to process it. I got up. I went out out of my office mm-hmm. and I cried for like 30 minutes because all I could think to myself was that that this is the level of selfishness and casual violence that we live next door to, that we walk alongside of, that we interact with constantly. That you have all of these people who they just like like they don't have yards like they don't have balconies this is alpharetta we're fucking talking about right like they can't go and lay outside out back with a beer they have to have these shopping centers open they had to demand that people come in and work in these environments so that they could drink on you know in a group of people and not give a fuck because during the pandemic not care about who they're exposing to possibly who they're like i was like that is such like and that's why when you say people aren't consciously or they they, they're not intentionally doing it that no that was so unbelievably dismissive of the needs and concerns and care of anybody else all for some recreational bullshit that i didn't know how to process it and I cried and 
my husband came out and my husband's white and I looked at him and all I could think to myself is don't touch me. Don't come near me. These are your people. I can't fucking deal with this. This is horrible. It reminded mm-hmm. me of why I don't talk to his parents and all his family is dead to me as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm like, I can't deal with this mindset that just seems to be this intrinsic part of who and what you are. And I don't know how I'm supposed to continue to coexist with this knowing that my my demise as a result of it is just an acceptable loss. It's not even a blip on the screen. I like that was such a and so and I wrote this huge essay about it. And I was like, I'm gonna post this as soon as I get the links together and stuff, but I needed some downtime to unwind because emotionally I was way up here. <laughs> Before hmm. I could get myself together in the couple days that had the links and stuff together, um there was the, the murder another murder happened, but murder by cop happened. And then the and and then the park thing happened, and then like all these like things just kept happening, and I was like, it seems real goofy for me to write uh, to post this now because so much other shit happened so fast, right? And I still haven't processed that, and it's still escalating, and I can't process that either. And so, like the past week has been me being like, I'm doing all the fucking self care shit that I can come up with, and I'm not kidding. I mean, there I write, I walk. I play video games. I read. I watch movies. I do cosplay. I do little home photo shoots. I play with makeup. I, you know, I build little things. I do therapy. I do it remotely. You know, I cook. I do all of this shit, and I'm like, none of this shit makes any of this feel. None of this shit is relaxing and alleviates this. None of this takes the burden off of it. None of this makes me feel any differently or any better in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm just fucking busy. That's it. I'm just keeping myself busy. And I'm like, is this really what I have to look forward to? Is this the rest of my life? Just me figuring out how I can just stay busy while shit falls apart all the time and I'm scared to leave the fucking house? Like, this is it? Yeah, this uh, this is not the uh, the future. <laughs> I think anybody wants. And I always want to say one quick thing because you brought it up, and uh, I mentioned this, and I'll just say it out loud. I feel like the the way that you described Avalon. I mean, I, I think that's to me it's political at this point. Your idea of whether or not you need to wear a mask or not. I think you know. Obviously, I think the way that we, our, the president moves, where we don't need a mask, and this is going away, and this is a a, a right to assemble. This is a right to be in, to be in church, versus the idea of it's. I to me, I feel like it's political. I feel like if you're not wearing a mask right now, I know who you're voting for. I mean, right? that's that's, that's the way. I, that's the way. That's the way I look at it. But the other part of that. Is is and I, I hate the way people use political. I really do. I really do, because um, I I feel like it erases the 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 real life human consequences of these decisions. I feel like it, it erases the importance 
of these choices. I think when they say political, it, it kind of takes the human part of a little bit away from it and makes it a little more sterile when really it's nah, these are just some fucking assholes who believe that their, their pale skin makes them immune to this shit and they don't give a fuck what happens to anybody else. That's it. That's it. And that transcends political party. You know, that, the way the way that you're describing it, yes. I mean, but I think that, let's say, for example, here in Georgia, because it is political, the idea that we were late to close and early to open, right? That, that because that politics is driven by economics and who has and who doesn't have and who's in harm's way. So that's where I feel like that's part of, we're part of that political conversation either way. I believe now, in this base, have given you're right. to it, but I, I it's... It's, I mean, at its core, it's like you're saying. I mean, and I agree to that. So it's the idea of girls out here with no masks on too. Yeah, but again, I mean, but we've seen it. Just like I, I would. But, but when we're talking about the idea of of being basically racist or against black existence, I mean, there's there's no there's no written rule that says liberals are against that because I think you could easily get hemmed up by a liberal person than you can as a conservative person. More likely, because the liberal person will lie to you and make you think that they're an ally. Right. It's the idea that, um, you know, but that's what, I mean, what we're saying is like, it is that um, it's, it's two different teams with the same owner, right? It's just like, you can cheer for the red team, you can cheer for the blue team, but, you know, the money and, and the way that the game is going to end is is already determined. It's going to the white team. All right. So... <laughs> That's that's it. Um, so it's uh, yeah. Uh, no, you got me all off. Anyway, I'll, it's okay. I was just gonna say to it. Um, I, I think we're in we're in a space where we we got to be uh, understanding. Like it, I don't think it's an. I don't think it's an us against them because I think them is too generalized, but and it's not everybody and it's not them, but we got it. What we're against this, whatever this idea that we're okay with the way that the world's been and that we just going to kind of just co-sign with, with this part of it, I think is, is done. But like, what, what can we put together after this? And and of ourselves, make sure that we don't find ourselves in this position or some some other part to that. I mean, I don't think that's 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 not a short term answer. Well, I, I mean, that I think that's the thing that we've learned throughout history is that whoever's willing to be the most violent wins. And until that lesson is lost, until that no longer is true, I don't know how that could not be true. But until that lesson is gone. That that shit's going to continue being the rule of you know the law of the land. Well, I'm well. I'm going to optimistically hope not because these these people gassing their own kids and shooting rubber bullets at their own people. You then that just let you know well, we already know they don't care about us. But when they don't care about themselves, then that's when it's the. I mean, they don't like we. That that's the idea. Enemy, they were able to align together to to come after us as opposed to going after each other, but they still go after each other. Right now, what I'm saying when when they're willing to shoot rubber bullets at kids to and in front of a church, 
the ones where they put the kids from like I don't know I don't know if it was ROTC or whatever but they were like 13 year olds they had them out there like in military gear to to block protests the blocks yeah yeah but that's the same way like we see like the people in church worshiping holding AK-47s right like that's uh it's it's a it's an I don't know Aryan American nation right it is just it is what it is like that's that's cultism right that's that that's and whether or not that's just the the overall disease or sickness that we have to deal with i mean i, I, mean, I sickness it's a choice it is a choice but i mean likewise you can you can you can either willingly or unwillingly be in this circumstance i mean i don't know i don't know the right way to, to phrase it but it's communicable no matter what <laughs> it's like it just seems to be catching it's a choice, it's a choice, but I mean, yeah, and it's the choices it's because choices. of the amount of violence that you receive and retaliation. <laughs> well, I mean, violence. again, things things can look like a choice, you know, like you're saying. I mean, things cannot feel like a choice because of the repercussion. So, I mean, but it's, I mean, it is, it's a choice, whether it's a circumstance, it's however you put it, that it's it's got to go. So, I mean, I say that, you know, I mean, and we could wax poetic about like all the implications and, and other parts to it. It's a lot of, I mean, we're saying it, it's a lot of parts. I mean, but the main thing is that like our basic humanity and rights and yeah, right to live, right to breathe, right to exist, you know, not necessarily alongside, but in our own free will in our own free way, like is, is what we got to, we have to fight for because we are seeing right now, they not willing. They races are not willing to give it up easy. Like they willing to go to the grave for this. Oh, yeah, they like pandemic. Pan, pandemic don't even matter. Nope. Don't like, like they like we 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 gonna ride on this. We riding this until November. And I just framed that only because it's not gonna go away November fourth. No matter what. And I mean that's the thing. I just kind of want to say that, like you said, everything's not political. That's not a political frame for this because it's not a Democrat versus Republican problem. It's an American problem. It's a global problem. It's a white supremacy you know, it, problem. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a human rights issue. It's a, it's a, right? it's a white supremacy problem. It is white supremacy. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, but that can exist where white supremacy doesn't as well. Because we see black and brown bodies and black and brown people suffering where you know suffering in Asia. We we suffer in our own countries. We suffer in a lot of places in that sense. I, but I, it makes me laugh that okay, so and I'm I'm going to keep it with the white supremacist patriarchal capitalism because they all do work together, and I think that we need to keep those together. But um, even in those other countries you're talking about, it it's a it's a culture that really worships pale skin, and they they have a problem with dark brown skin. There are dark brown people in Asia that were born in Asia and all over the world. It's a, you see it in India all the time. There is a hyper fetishization of pale skin. Um, skin lighteners are common. And so, again, it's part of that whole white supremacist patriarchal capitalism mindset that is rampant in the anti-blackness and is rampant across the globe. So it, it's it's there. It's there. People opt into it in various ways because that was that has been the 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 visible like 
symbol of power and the 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 top of that you know hierarchy social hierarchy um on a global scale and it's an illusion it's a lie but you know optics optics and a willingness to be violent because again where we drop them bombs hiroshima and yeah i mean straight up vaporized motherfuckers that no one saw that coming no one thought anybody would ever do that ever ever you know who did america you know, we're we're you know it's, it's a race to see who could do it first, right? I mean, you know, who's I mean, willing to be the most violent, who's willing but, to be the most inhumane? That who wins. Well, again, uh, I know you be talking about these high notes, and then you let me talk, and I fuck it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, so let us hope that we we don't have to go to the most base uh, common denominator of violence. To to own to as the only asset to be heard. Already there, but that's okay. Let's. We there. Oh no, we there. But I'm saying, but we can't stay here. That's it. I mean, so we get out, we crawl out. Exactly. We we gonna have to. We gonna have to. And that's all. That's all I'm saying is we gonna have to at some point. I can't Um, say how that needs to happen, but yeah. Oh, me either. And that's it. That's what we're saying. I can't say that loud. (laughs) (laughs) So in your your covert in your covert operations. I'm, I'm just going to say is uh, I'm optimistic that what we're doing is the right. When I say we, I mean, I, th- I think this is it's a step towards what we need to be. I support the protests. I support the destruction. I support all of it. I don't support the white people who are co-opting it. I don't support the people who aren't there, you know, because they're actually protesting, you know, for black lives I fuck them I, but the people who are out there because they're like no that we're out here to fight for change I support them 100% so yeah okay I mean that's it linked yeah. to some of the bail funds and some of the on the ground workers and so forth so that they can get um, access to or at least we can help keep spreading awareness and um, possibly get them help them get resources so that they can keep doing the work that they're doing. Because no, absolutely. It, like people don't understand that when you are protesting that you are actually basically putting yourself at risk, not just of your lives, but also of your livelihood. Because that's why they have the, the policing. That's why they're doing the curfews. It makes it easier to arrest you and give you a criminal record, which right then gives you a much harder time functioning within the system to be able to survive. It, it, it It's intended to fuck up your life. Yeah, like I said, it's... Like we said, there, there's a there's a playbook that they're going by that's tried and true, uh, but to that sense, you know. So help where you again, can. Not, yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, your your own survival and your own sanity, you know, is a is an asset in this too, because again, you know, if if we come out of this and we don't have you, then that, you know, we we can't afford any losses. You know, we can't afford any more losses of black people. So I mean, I tell people to say that, you know, to stay safe. You know, take care of yourself, wash your hands, and watch your back. But at the same time, you know, it, it's it's this is a this is a, a long this is a long victory that that's ahead. So I mean, we about to say we need everybody. 
So like there's people, you know, if you're feeling like this is just too much and like you said, just support how you can, but know that, you know, just your, your support and spirit is can count. So that's it. So again, I know people uh, we talk about all the time, you know, like I said, there is a pandemic going on. So yep. don't make it like, you know, if you decide yep. to stay home and support from afar, it's no less than if you right there, you know, banging on a policeman's shield. So, There's you know, or, levels and yeah, exactly. We, we all, we all can do our part. And again, the allyship and the support, you know, that's, that's, that's not a one day thing. That's not a, put a black square in your social panel and, like you said, give some money away and then go back to business as usual. So a lot of work to be done. Uh, the fire is not, he's not about to be the last days of uh, fires. Definitely not about to be the last days of curfew. Mm -mm. I said, it's, it's, it's only going to change from here. So to what that is, you know, we all apart to figure that out. So that's, that's it. I want to say if there's anything in some, you know, we're going to appreciate y'all and, yeah, again, video number two, proof of life. We we are we are here. Uh, lights on. My lights kind of on. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. So that's that's the new Wakanda show. This is uh, Dejan Steve with Tyler and Kel. We appreciate y'all. And yes, yeah, stay safe. Wash those hands. Later.